Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the ninth episode of One for One. I'm your host, Nolan Schumann, joined as always by my co-host, Miles Fuchs, and a nice special guest today, my father, Richard Schumann. Dad, say hi to everybody. Hello, One for One Nation. (laughs) Miles, how are you doing today? I'm doing awesome. Uh, It's a beautiful, sunny day in Regina, Saskatchewan. It's like seven degrees. Um, had a nice little gym day with one of my buddies, Ramus Winston. Um, did a little, be a, a little bit of meal prep, so sh- I was able to shake off the hangover from last night's Oilers game. And yeah, it's it's tough to be in a foul mood when it's so nice out. And now I get to talk to to No Wizzle and Richard, and it's going to be uh, a crazy episode. Uh, number nine, hey, that's crazy. Number nine, N N E I N. Number nine, I can't believe it. It feels like just the other day we were sucking Jesse's toes. It's been it, it's been a uh, a long strenuous journey, but it's going to be even more fantastic as the time goes on. Strenuous. I, I'm, uh, honestly, I'm that, I don't I'm even that really big know. of a pain in the ass. Hey, <laughs> strenuous. I, <laughs> no, it's been a long strenuous season with the Oilers already. Uh, oh, segway, okay. segway, right there. <laughs> good, good, um, good save, Nolan. I'm going to start calling you Nolan Smith. Ty. Well, I f- I figured we could probably start off with just some uh, light light uh, chit chat with my father and uh, see how that goes and see what uh, see what kind of embarrassing shit gets brought up. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. So essentially, what this is going to be is a between two ferns, but with Miles and my dad. So uh, I'm just kind of here, and if I need to interject at any point, then I'm going to. So I'm going to let my dad have the floor. What's going on, Miles? Not a whole lot. Uh, I'm actually I'm pretty stoked. I get to do the interview with Richard here. Um, haven't had the pleasure of meeting you in person, but when all this is over, we're definitely going to be going to be due for an in-person hangout in in Ontario. There, I think. Absolutely, I yeah, yeah. I can't wait. So I actually can't believe I've never asked. Are you an actual Oilers fan, or is there another team that has your heart? Um, yeah, I am an Oilers fan. When I was a kid growing up, my dad was uh, a huge Habs fan. Um, he actually used to drink with Rocket Richard back in the day. So um, growing up with the Montreal Canadiens and being born in Montreal, it was, you know, kind of the fit. Um, but then as I got older, uh, my early teens, I started cheering for the Oilers. And uh, yeah, so I've been, the Habs and the Oilers have been my two, two go-to teams for, for my entire life. Right on. Montreal. I hear it's a beautiful city to look at scaffolding. Uh, yeah, that and uh, that and parking pylons. <laughs> I love it. So, okay, um, favorite Hab of all time and favorite Oiler of all time. Do you have one off the dome? Uh, yeah, uh, Guy Lafleur for the Habs. Yeah, that's and a- uh, and uh, as far as the Oilers go, I mean, uh, you know. To, to throw Gretzky out there yet again, I mean, of course, you know, he would have been uh, the favorite all-time Oiler, but um, I was a, you know, I was a fan of Andy Moog and um, Messier and, and Anderson, all those guys, like back in the, in the 80, in the early 80s, you know, you grew up with them, right? So you, 
you had a tendency to, to emulate them when you're out playing ball hockey or whatever or shinny on the street with your buddies, right? Yeah, that's who you're, you're always going to be picking your favorites. Um, my mom's family is French. They've been parlez-vous from way back. So her whole family is, is big Habs fans, and I like to sit and talk with them. And I, I've kind of grown up around the Habs a little bit too. So um, I hate to say it, but definitely a soft spot. But I like to, I like to beak them. Um, what are you thinking of, of the season so far from, from both your teams? What are your, what are your thoughts? Uh, I was excited with the Habs in the beginning. Um, they looked really strong, and then all of a sudden they uh, kind of hit the toilet. Um, and as far as the Oilers go, I mean, we've seen this year after year after year in one way, shape, or form, right? So it's not shocking to see certain things transpire from the Oilers, but at the end of the day, you know, it, it leaves for uh, real genuine surprises at the end of the night, right? Um if you were to be a betting man, you know, you would think that, uh, yeah, this team, they, uh, they're probably going to lose to, and then all of a sudden, boom, they win, and it's just so exciting, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, recent coaching change in Montreal, so hopefully they can turn the tide. I mean, anytime uh, I can have a team beat Toronto, I like that. So Montreal is going to be playing them, I think, 10 times, so hopefully they can get their, their poop in a group and, and start beating them. <laughs> Uh, another important question. I'm noticing a magnificent beard. How long have you been working on that bad boy? This beard has been uh, growing since 2016. Oh, that's the post breakup beard. Post breakup beard. That's uh, you have like a fourth grader on your face, hey? Yeah, <laughs> I do actually. Yeah, yeah it's it's, it's a, a rather long beard. I I keep getting people asking me if I ever was on Vikings or any of that <laughs> sort of stuff. No. <laughs> Would you use any like conditioners or beard oils or anything like that to keep it looking fresh? I do. And, and fortunately, um, uh, there's some great companies out there, but because there's no free advertising Let's on go. this podcast, you know, I, uh, I can't start dropping names, but yeah, there's some amazing products that I, uh, that I use and, uh, very, very happy with them. And, and yeah, it, it works. That's awesome. I've never had the patience to grow a beard long enough like that, but I think one day when I'm uh, a little older, I might give it a go. Um, I have you got a good start so far. Oh, thank you. Uh, coming from you, that means the world. Um, I need to ask something that Nolan's going to be mad about, but can you give me your most embarrassing Nolan story of, of him growing up? Because he's a little... Yeah, this is a good time. Boys, are you ready? One, two, three... Wow, that hurt my eardrums. That, that was, was a spicy crack. Yeah. So for those at home wondering, we've got a Bud Latte. I believe that's a Coors Latte. For yep. What's that? Yep. Yeah, 100%. And I've got a Coors Original here. I was saying... A banquet. Yeah. I haven't had a full 5% beer, I think, since Harper was in office. I told the boys <laughs> that before we started recording. So uh, I think this is going to hurt. Yeah, I was right. Okay, embarrassing <laughs> Nolan story. Let's go. Um, oh my God. I, you know, I could get into some real embarrassing. I feel like art. he was just such a little shit when he was a kid. He was. I mean, he uh, he definitely kept me on my toes. He definitely had me laughing in more ways than one. I mean. Growing up with when Nolan was growing up as a kid, he was uh, extremely creative. He had an amazing imagination, and uh, 
you know, the shit that came out of his mouth sometimes was just <laughs> mind blowing. Like you couldn't, uh, you, you couldn't, uh, you couldn't figure it out. Um, for example, um, so I had a bunch of army guys over, uh, in Edmonton and we were all sitting around, uh, actually I think it was like Thanksgiving dinner or Easter dinner or something. I brought a lot of the single guys over to the house that didn't have a place to go for the holiday. And we were all eating dinner and stuff like that. And, um, one of my buddies, Jay, he always had this, uh, he always had this thing where he would say, uh, instead of a uh, cocksucker, he would call somebody a cork sucker. <laughs> so, uh, anyways, we were standing outside and we we're having a smoke or whatever. And Nolan comes out and Olson looks at, uh, looks at little Nolan. He goes, Hey, cork sucker, how are you? And, uh, Nolan looked back up at Jay and he says, not bad cocksucker. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he's always, so, I mean, he's always had a sharp tongue, I think. Yeah, but he was little. He was only like four or something like that oh at the time. God. It was priceless. Um, yeah, there's there's lots of uh, embarrassing moments, I'm sure, that Nolan would be would cringe to hear about. Um, so his mother uh, used to be a campus director at a hairdressing school here in Kingston. And he was about nine, I guess, at the time. And uh, they all went on a little excursion to the water park and they had these jets that shot water straight up in the air. So I go to pick Nolan up and he had been playing in the water park and uh, he had alluded to me that this jet smoked him in the ass. And I said, oh, all right. I said, that must have hurt. And he was like, yeah, yeah, it was kind of weird, he says. And I thought, okay, whatever. So we get to the uh, hairdressing salon and uh, she had her, her uh, she was upstairs in the second floor. So, and that's where all the students were being taught was on the second floor. So we're on our way up to the second floor before class is dismissed. And, uh, you know, much to your surprise, it's, it's a hairdressing school. So there is literally, you know, dozens of, of ladies at this school learning how to be hairdressers. So Nolan goes walking up the stairs and he decides he's going to let a fart go (laughs) and blows mud all the way down the goddamn (laughs) stairs. Right out of his, right out of his short legs, all or his, his shorts he's wearing, right through the leg holes, man. He blew mud all the way down the stairs, and it was like water. And I said, "What the fuck?" And he was like, "Sorry, Dad, I told you I got that water thing in my butt." And I was like, "Oh my god!" Like it literally pounded him. <laughs> So sure enough, there's shit all over the stairs. I'm trying to figure out which way to go with this. And then the fucking door opens and the class is let out. And there's fucking 35 students coming down the stairs going, what the fuck is this? (laughs) Yeah, thanks, Nolan. (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm so sorry, Nolan. I didn't think he'd do you dirty like that. I didn't know if he was gonna. I didn't know if he was gonna just go into the fact that I basically gave myself an enema, but I didn't know if he was gonna like do that or if he was gonna go full blown, full details, like expose. You wanted embarrassing. <laughs> I mean, if it makes you feel any better, you're probably not the last person or the first person to shit their pants in public. So I mean, life goes on. There is a kid in elementary school that shit his pants in the chocolate milk line, and it was fucking hilarious. I bet you were probably pretty nice to him after that. No, I wasn't. Oh, okay. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I was an asshole. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, God. Well, should we get to 
the Oilers stuff at hand. I guess so. I guess there's no better time than the present. But I don't want to get too soft. But, hey, Richard, thank you so much for all your support with the pod and everything so far. That, uh, Richard gave Nolan and I a gift, a beautiful gift of our, uh, like a glass kind of cover of our first episode. And he's been a huge supporter sharing all the episodes and taking a, a good portion of uh, Pickapalooza's Father Schumann. You'll see him on there. Um, but, I mean, Richard, you raised a hell of a guy, one of my best buddies, and can't thank you enough for, for the good person and, and the good co-host that you, you've given me. So thank you so much for all your support and everything. It's been absolutely terrific to have you on board. Oh, you're welcome, Miles. I appreciate the uh, sentiment. And uh, like I said to both of you guys, you know, I just want to see your guys' dreams succeed and, and follow what you uh, follow what you set out to do, you know. And th- this, is, uh, this is an amazing thing you're doing. It's, it's great. There's lots of uh, people listening. There's been, you know, some downloads and so on and so forth. So, and yeah, every time I get a chance to share it and get it out in public and, and make it known so that you guys are getting more, uh, more and more people watching it, you know, that's all, that, that's what it's worth. And really, like I said, too, is when what you guys bring to the table is very, very good quality and it's it's entertaining and it's great entertainment value. So, I mean, for anybody who is listening or uh, contemplating downloading or or whatever, you know, do it, enjoy it and uh, and and keep the ball going and subscribe too. subscribe and like bitches. (laughs) Thanks so much. Have a great rest of your Sunday. You're welcome, Miles. It was great talking to you, buddy. Okay. We're back at it. Can I just can I just start by saying, Nolan, I don't want to do this. <laughs> you don't want to record? No, the recap of the last couple games, I have zero interest in doing this. Oh my god, I'm... In addition to the fact that I'm just like hungover and fatigued and I'm currently surviving off of uh, Bud Light to make myself feel a little bit better and this bag of Sour Patch Kids. That's not a bag, that's a like five-gallon pail. <laughs> this is like a this is like a what do they call like the things that go on like the side of boats so that you don't smash into the dock is like a buoy or whatever or no <laughs> okay. i don't know yeah i don't know i'm not i'm not i don't live a very aquatic lifestyle <laughs> but uh, it's been yeah god this this last week man has just been we came in with such a high and this is just a huge kick in the nuts uh to the overall morale of, of the a shot of water in the ass some might say <laughs> Fuck you! <laughs> that's pretty good. That was, that was a, that's what that's what that's what they call a callback, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Let's be real here, gentlemen. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, Oilers. Uh, Oilers lost two straight. Well, two straight following the last win or the last loss against the against the Toronto Maple Leafs. So let's make it three straight losses. So two this week. Oh, this this sucked this week. This was this was just not fun. Um, for the first Toronto game of this week, so the second game of the series, I just titled it "Um" with a question mark. So we came into we we came into this this week from last week, and it, it was ass. It, it was ass. Like it it, it 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 wasn't. But we didn't feel disheartened more than anything, right? And that was the that was the th- one thing I wanted is I don't want to come out of this week being disheartened. And this week was pretty fucking disheartening. Um, I entitled the first game "Um" because once again, just like the game before, the Oilers outpaid the Leafs for the first five minutes, and then the Leafs scored on their first shot. This is a theme you will see for the next two games, and. I don't 
I don't even know how to describe the Koskinen performance in this game, man. I, I honestly don't. Um, if you count, I will. Sucked in capital letters. Yes, the the Nylander goal, like the, the backhand goal that he, that like, I could not believe that. It, it was it was almost like a comedy. It was a, like a straight up comedy. Wow, the way, and the way that it's getting traction as like a highlight reel goal. Like, come on, like really, it's it's not a highlight reel goal. Like, yeah, it's nice to pop it up on your backhand. Like that isn't something that every player at that speed can do. But at the same time, an NHL goalie should have that. You're absolutely right. And in addition to that, I have no idea why people are getting on Evan Bouchard for that play. Like. He he did what he could against William Nylander. Once again, he's still a rookie, like we've mentioned beforehand. And the fact of the matter is, is your $4.5 million goalie needs to stop that. And he didn't. And right. that's going to have a huge part in him getting yanked. So, Like, Bush got beat on that, but a, a D-man will get burned. Like, Nylander isn't a terrible hockey player, like, by no means. Um, but no, Bush, he's very good. Bush, exactly. But Bush played it well in the sense that he was still chasing him, trying to force him to the outside, putting pressure on his body. Nylander got off a wicked backhand and scored. But at the end of the day, your goalie's got to stop that. And I'm a big, like, I've been a big Koski stan on the pod for a little while here, but that was the game where it's kind of indefensible anymore at this point. And I don't want to be, like, too much of a sour Sally. Like, I still do like Koskinen and think that he can be an effective goalie in this tandem but like fuck brother 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 and what's what's funny is that the Oilers actually outshot the Leafs in this game lol and somehow got shut out again and this time it was against or no yeah this one was against um Michael Hutchinson Hutchinson. yeah got shut out against freaking Michael Hutchinson like are you joking friggin Hutch and then, uh, yeah, then the Oilers followed up that stinker with a. This was this was straight up like diarrhea post uh, post water park, <laughs> which was what I call um in all capitals, which was the six one loss to the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, two days later, in which there was all this hype because Dave Tippett was reuniting the ever so loved and ever so talked about dry line, you know they and they got the one goal in this game. But the Oilers lost 6-1. And this might have been Ethan Bear's worst game as an Edmonton Oiler. And that is including the 17-18 season where he was terrifically bad. I, I, man, that, that, that game, I just, I, I have one point. I was just like, at at that point, I just was like, fuck off. I, I can't deal with this. Um, so yeah, we're just going to skip over that. We're uh, like, to be completely honest, we're just not going to talk about the Toronto losses too much. We're actually going to just focus on last night's game. False. I have two things I want to say. Um, (laughs) so that's six, one game. Like I don't quit watching hockey games very often. Like I generally, when I tell myself I'm going to sit down and watch a hockey game, I finish it do or die. That one I turned off. Like I was out. So disheartening to say the least. Um, other thing I want to say I bitched about William Nylander's hair the other episode, talking about how he looks like a real-life pop figure, the way that it sticks out of his ear holes. Because his head's so square, it makes his head look insane. Whatever. Um, the nickname Willie Styles. I know uh, Joe Thornton gave it to him, and Joe Thornton's a king, and we need to respect him, all that stuff. But, like, Willie Styles, Like, dude, really? Um, another segue. 
the NHL's social media pisses me off so much. But this summer, when TikTok was kind of taking off, like mainstream taking off, um, the NHL social media posted a, a video, a TikTok that the Nylander brothers did shirtless wearing Gucci slides to the, do you remember uh, the Drake song, like Tootsie Slide or yeah, whatever? Yeah, I do remember Tootsie yeah, Slide. Yeah, they posted and it was the horniest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Both of them, like, but both of them are shirtless. Good-looking dudes, whatever is what it is. But they're both like aggressively grabbing at their crotch. So ever since I saw that, I'm like, William Nylander is not a, a, a Disney marketable man anymore. He's he's way too horned up. And Willie Styles now to top it off, like. Ugh. Instead, it's instead it's, it's it's Austin Matthews who likes to flash his butt at people. The Toronto Maple Leafs, horny team very very problematic team they're you know what i i've i'm putting the official stamp on it they're fucking canceled (laughs) i would love to see nothing more so yeah that's all i want to say about the leaf series sayonara see you guys next time uh hopefully there's a better effort i want to mention one quick thing about the leaf faithful before we move on to last night's game the mouth breathers uh, is I saw a tweet last night. I cannot remember who it was for the life of me, so I, I apologize. But the call was about how, or the the tweet was about how like Leafs fans will yuck it up when Sportsnet runs a when uh, Sportsnet runs a runs a story about Austin Matthews tape job, which <laughs> like most guys in the league have that. And then last night they're playing the Canucks, and Jim Houston's on the call, and Jim Houston is like he's. If you don't know much about like the if you don't know much about the play by play guys or the color commentators or anything like that, Jim Houston's a pretty big Vancouver Canucks homer, and he doesn't really and and for to be honest, I I, I thought that I thought for the longest time I thought he was like a Toronto guy, but no, he's actually a Leafs guy, and he had like a call on one of the on one of the Vancouver goals where he just kind of I think it was the Holander goal. It, yeah, it was okay. Yeah, I couldn't remember. Or the no the Miller goal because the Holander goal he banged it like absolutely snizzed one, but it went in and out so fast that nobody really knew if it really went in. Yeah, but Miller Miller scored one, and I, I was watching it last night, and he was and he emphatic. like lost his shit. Yeah, he was emphatic in the celebration. Yeah, and. It, it's ridiculous to hear from from Leaf fans that they're like, "Oh, we shouldn't have we shouldn't have biased play by playing guys." It's like, shut up, man! Like, I'm so fucking sick of this whining. It's like, I, I'm sorry, but most of the NHL revolves around marketing your hockey team. And don't get me wrong, I don't really have much of a problem with it because it's like, oh, TSN is clearly Toronto Sports Network. Like, I'm not surprised. I shouldn't be shocked by this whole thing. And then same with Sportsnet. It all it's all run out of Toronto and that is your main um uh that that's your main sports network for Canada fine whatever I don't care but don't go on Twitter and whine about the fact that Jim Houston is calling games because he's excited about the Vancouver Canucks goal like frig off like put on a new diaper man like I just I can't deal with the I can't deal with them sometimes yeah and Jim, and, Jim Houston calls a great game like, oh I, as a, as I love Jim Houston's calls he's awesome yeah. yeah he's great I still miss um I still miss Dave Randorf so much because uh, mm. now because now now uh, fucking Tampa has the Stanley Cup and now they have Dave Randorf as their permanent play-by-play guy like that's a that's a that's a pair of wins in 2020 if I if I say so myself mm-hmm. but anyways We'll move on to last night's game because last night's game was a lot of fun. Um, should I? No, sorry. Should I say fun? 
I don't know. I really don't know how to process this whole thing. Um, I would say I would go out on a limb to say that's the best Battle of Alberta that we've had this year, with the fights and like the kind of back and forthness of it and the comeback from the Oilers. It was maybe not the cleanest hockey game, but it was entertaining to watch. Like as fans, that was watching it with a couple buddies or watching it with with Taylor. Like it was a good, good, good Saturday entertainment yeah exactly and it was uh it, yeah it, it was fun because i was i was a little scared well there you go bingo uh i was a little scared after the first period because i was worried that we weren't going to be able to shotgun one and i was like uh <laughs> don't tell me we're going to get shut up by the freaking calgary flames but uh, we'll, we'll start off by saying this this was a must win game you are on a three-game losing streak, and you're only four points ahead of Calgary. And then with that Vancouver win, Vancouver's only four points behind. Which, there, I still think Vancouver's dead in the water, but they could they could make some miracle comeback. But blind blind, blind squirrel finds a nut every now and again. It, that's what I'm that's what I'm chalking up those two wins to. Yeah, exactly. But the. The Oilers are somehow still in still in third place, and they're still heavily in the mix for second. Winnipeg is currently ahead of them at the moment, but they could very well jump up to second in a flash. All, all it takes is a couple of Winnipeg losses and it takes a couple of Edmonton losses, which we'll get to what Edmonton has coming up for this week. But they can kiss first place goodbye. They're eight points behind, or now they're... They ten points behind the Leafs. Um, they're they're very far back, so I just don't see it happening for them. But needless to say, the opening of this game was not great. Uh, the shot count in the first ten did not look pretty for the Oilers, but I actually thought they looked pretty decent. I thought that, that possession wise they were looking all right, but the shots just weren't going on net, and they weren't quality shots. But then it was after that power play goal, which I'll get into the PK. Um, but that power play goal, that power, that power play goal came by Calgary and the Oilers unraveled. They just completely unraveled shots were 21 to 10 Calgary in the first. You're, you're not going to win hockey games playing like that. Like that's, that was a brutal effort from the first bit, but there were a couple positive signs going into, um, going into the second period, uh, near the end, uh, Darnell nurse fought Milan Lucic, which, I, I wrote this in my note, like, it's very surprising to see Milan Lucic fight again because this guy has just seemed to be a shell of himself this in, you know this entire time since the first season of him in Edmonton where in his first game he fights friggin'. Um, shell of himself. Uh, second best player in the world, Nathan McKinnon, has less goals than Milan Lucic. Just a, t- just a tidbit. I like it. It's just a Timbits tidbit. <laughs> well, there you go. But I'm not, I'm not, I don't know. I, I don't put too much stock into like, sorry, I'm having a Sour Patch Kid. I just need to soak up the alcohol. Fucking classless to eat during recording. Absolute classless <laughs> shit, Nolan. <laughs> I hope you get raked over the coals for this. I hope you, I hope you get absolutely sacrificed. Anyways... <laughs> Darnell Nurse fights Milan Lucic, and it was a pretty spirited tell. Um, Lucic, I, I'd say he probably won that fight, yeah? Yeah, we, yeah. We, yeah, we probably agree he won the fight. Darnell, Good for Milan Lucic. Darnell uh, kicked the shit out of his helmet, I'll tell you that for free. 
couple of those uh, punches that got thrown they showed and he just made a hundred and ninety percent content uh, contact with the back of the helmet and then james neal decides he's gonna fight matthew kachuk which i i was fired up over that man i i do not like matthew kachuk playing against the oilers and I would say James Neal took this one, to be completely honest. Oh, yeah. I yeah. Th- I think, so I think he beat the wheels off of him, and it, it made me so happy to see because you can tell after that Calgary exit that they hate each other. I think a lot of guys in that Calgary locker room hate James Neal. And oh, yeah. <laughs> maybe it's just because he just doesn't fit in with the culture or anything like that, but it was so nice to see him just beat the shit out of Matthew Kachuk. So stick taps for him. But... That kind of fired them up, and Connor McDavid actually, uh, in his post game press conference, said he he absolutely loved seeing Darnell Nurse fight um, fight Lucic and then James Neal fight um, uh, Matthew Kachuk. So, I, I think it really did get them going. But early on in the second, Tip did something that we're going to talk about that I'm not. It, it, it like it, it's a good cheat code that you can use, but I'm not a fan of using it on a regular basis, which was he reunited Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid, and he was kind of alternating on the right wing with either Jesse Puljujarvi or Kyler Yamamoto, which led to Jesse Puljujarvi scoring, and that was the shift in momentum right there. After that, the Oilers outshot the Flames for the rest of the game, and it was so nice to see Jesse score again because when he scores, he... Oh my God, he loves it. He loves scoring every goal. And even if it's a simple little tap-in, it's the Battle of Alberta. He understands the emotion that, that that's behind this game and he wants to win and he wants to score. And just seeing him with that 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 puppy dog sort of like excitement, just it, it makes me happy as a hockey fan. Oh, 100%. Um, okay, so fights. Back to fights super quick. Um, yeah, I know McDavid said he was stoked that he got to, that uh, Darnell scrapped, but Flames fan Kyle brought this up. I have to give him credit for that. Every time there's a fight, you have to look at it from like the opportunity cost of what's going on. So you're effectively losing a player for five minutes with a relatively high risk of injury, right? Especially with Darnell making massive contact with a helmet like very easily could have broken his hand or a couple fingers and that's terrible because that's the Oilers number one defenseman plain and simple that could be missing games for punching a helmet where the Leafs are losing Milan Lucic six goal scorer Milan Lucic for five minutes Um, so opportunity cost there maybe not a great fight for Darnell to take he's a tough guy he's gonna do it whatever sparks the boys you love to see it but that's one that as a fan uh, you kind of sit there and you're like oh no what's gonna happen but on the flip side (laughs) of that um, James Neal fighting Matthew Kachuk takes one of the one of the flames you know top six uh, forwards off the ice for five minutes and (laughs) takes James Neal off the ice for five minutes it's not a power play so who really gives a shit but um, chalking it up to that yeah, was scared when it showed the replay of Darnell making huge contact with the helmet. I've said that about a million times. I think I think I'm done with it. But scared. I, I, I was scared. I was very worried. But the yeah. Um, after that, the uh, the the two one goal did worry me because I thought that was going to suck the life out of the team, and um. A friend of mine 
was on the ice for that one. And uh, a friend of mine that we're going to have to touch upon again. Um, we'll just, we'll move on from him. Uh, anyways, pulled through on the tying Yamamoto goal. And the final point of this is thank God for Connor McDavid. And that's why I've entitled this episode, In Connor We Trust. In Connor We Trust. That is exactly what we needed after being shut out by the Toronto Maple Leafs for three straight games. He nabs himself three points, which uh, bet guy Nolan hit the over on two and a half points at plus 350. I'll take it. Smartest guy in the room, nine times out of ten. I'm so smart. So, I'm just kidding. I'm a terrible better. So my issue with the Connor-Leon reuniting is that it's such an easy dunk for all the other NHL fans to make on the Oilers. Because remember a couple of years ago when they were playing together, um, even last year when they were playing on the same line, everybody was saying, oh, the Oilers are a one-line team, you know, Connor and Leon. Yeah, it's a cheat code to put the two of them together to get a little bit of offense driving. But it just frustrates me because it just reinforces that fact that a lot of, you know, haters on the Oilers have, haters on the Oilers have, that they're just, a you know, that they're a one, they're a one-trick pony. When really... You know they're not, and we've talked about that quite a bit with some of the supporting cast around them. Um, I don't like to see them on the same line. Shout out that it worked, and we got a pool goal. Uh, yes, a pool and an RV goal, nonetheless. Um, but just it grinds my gears, Peter Griffin. Yeah, it's the. I think the problem with it is that now we're relying on Nuge to run his own line again, and. I love Ryan Nugent Hopkins, but I think to this point we can kind of see that he's not really able to do that on a consistent basis. So I don't think it's a very good winning formula to have Nuge run his own line again. Now, from the early from the early lines at practice today, it looks like Nugent or sorry, um, Drysdale and McDavid are on the same line again. Which, for the love of God, why are we doing this again? And then now we're really banking on the bottom nine to succeed and I just don't think that that's that that's going to work. I I think by the end of the first Ottawa game, which I really hope they take, that they're going to eventually split everything back up because I don't think running this McDavid Drysdale unit is a very positive positive impact because then it's just going to it's not really going to help with a guy like Kyler Yamamoto. Fine, playing with good players is one thing. But being able to develop your own game and not rely off of these two superstars is, um, I just think that, that that's problematic for his development. So we'll, uh, we'll leave them alone, but I'm, I'm really hoping that they, that they cut the shit out. But Not to mention it makes them easy to match, a lot easier to match up against. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you just throw your best defensive forwards on that on that line, and when they get frustrated, man, like when, when Drysaddle and McDavid get frustrated, they get really fr- fucking. Drysaddle took two really bad penalties last night. <laughs> he like, went after he went after two short kings. He wasn't even picking a like a fair fight. <laughs> Who did he went after? Gaudreau and Mange. Like, yeah, that's yeah, you 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 can't do it. But um, somebody is back in the lineup recently. And uh, it looks like he's still staying in the lineup for this week. My guy, KT, Kyle Turris. Oh, my God. Uh, So I put a tweet out on Twitter last night from the one for one (laughs) account. Please follow. And I'll read it to you. 
because this is exactly how I felt because my frustration is starting to boil over and I don't mean to pick on players. I really don't. And I think that it's that sometimes people can get a little ahead of themselves and they can start just saying nonsense. But I tweeted last night, who do you think works harder? Kyle Turris or my old manager, Kyle, who used to eat two meatball subs and binge watch Vikings at his desk during, in quotes, administrative hours. And the one for one nation came back with 13 votes, which we're still developing that Twitter following. And 100% went to my old manager, Kyle. <laughs> I, I just, I just can't. Two, two. Two things, two super quick things. Yes. Was your manager's name actually Kyle, or is yes, that just hundred percent? Okay. And yeah. where were these meatball subs from? Subway or Mr. Sub? Subway. Okay, great. Continue. And he always got them on Uber Eats. <laughs> like sick. I'm not joking. Ate Uber Eats every day. I had no idea how he did it. Must be nice to be made out of money. Yeah, I, exactly. Like I, it's like fifteen dollars just for one, just on Uber Eats. Like nuts, but. He's just he's he's a nothing player right now, man. Like he's he's so far below a he's so far below a replacement level player. Like people have now talked about moving him with a fifth rounder or a fourth round or something to Detroit so that we can get Sam Gagne back. Which I love Sammy G, but are we that desperate to get rid of Kyle Turris already? And like that says everything about how he's playing. He it seems like he's not learned from his benching and he's just he's just not good anymore. Like I I we're what 26 games in? Like are, is it eventually going to happen or are we grasping at straws here? I don't know. I just don't know. Like it it makes me so upset because I was so excited about him. I was I was jovial. I was I was through the roof. I was just, I was just fucking could not believe they got Kyle Turris for next to nothing. Well, maybe there's a reason he was available for next to nothing because he's not a good hockey player anymore. Nashville was on to something, dude. David Poyle has like a, a fucking one of those like crystal balls, and he's able to like conjure up the spirits to say like what Kyle Turris is going to do this season. Could you imagine if he was putting the performance he is right now, making six million dollars? Oh Could my you god. imagine? There'd be a revolt. Oh my god! I I and I, the crazy part is I thought that they might actually trade for Kyle Turris back when he was making six million dollars and be like, hey, this guy might be able to fit in really well in the middle six. And he's just he's just not good. Uh, if, you, if you're wondering, this is why I drink. This is, oh my god. We're currently <laughs> rubbing our faces right now, and it's just like, that might have to be the, the title of the episode, is Rub no. Faces. No, 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 no. The courtesy of T.T. Gibb, the title of this episode oh is going to be, Yeah There? Yeah There? <laughs> so, <laughs> last night, we're watching the game. I'm with Flames fan Kyle, socially distancing. And uh, Hodge, Flimstein Kyle, is meeting Nolan and Taylor for the first time over uh, over uh, FaceTime, FaceTime for every goal, gun and beers. And I think it was the 2-2 goal. Uh, Nolan FaceTimes me, and I'm, I'm pumped up. Nolan and I are laughing, laughing stoked up. And T.T. Gibbs sneaks her face into the camera and goes, Flames fan Kyle, 
you're there so aggressively. <laughs> and then running with the devil starts playing. Oh my god. It, I don't think I've laughed that hard in my entire there life. There is so much going on. I just I couldn't even process it. It was unbelievable. Um little bit of Oilers news just to wrap things up here before we get into the rest of the F. Uh, Theodore Lenstrom, our, our, another naughty Nordic puck-moving defenseman, practicing with the main group as of today off the taxi squad. Be interesting to see some new blood there. Um, sucks that uh, presumably Bush is going to be the, uh, the detractor of minutes in that situation. We'll see what happens, but stoked about Lenstrom to get a little bit of time. I love a Swedish D-man. Uh, that's very, very nice. And news coming out of last night's game, Kaylor Yamamoto fined or suspended. Just fined, I think. Fined, yeah. Yeah, for a trip. I didn't like see three the trip. Yeah, the maximum amount allowed under the NHLPA. Um, was it a egregious trip? I, don't, I honestly don't know. I don't, I don't think I saw it. I, I, I really don't remember most of all. I, like, I was also really drunk last night, so to be fair... Um, like yeah drank drank a lot of beer i forgot to mention i didn't go to bed until four in the morning and we like we sat in the hot we went like we straight up went out to the hot tub last night at like three in the morning must be nice that's a that's an evening that's an evening if i say so myself absolutely also also need to give a shout out to uh one of the pod stands one of the pod big supporters uh floor pie alex whose vancouver canucks took two against the leafs like we talked about before uh, great guy, huge wins for a team that we still think is poopy, but every Leafs loss gives me life. Same, same with every Flames loss. Amen. Forever and ever, amen. But yeah, that's uh, that's really it. Did you want to touch on the 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 uh, Caps plays? Yeah, absolutely, I do. So a little bit of news coming out of the NHL here: Alexander Ovechkin fined uh, for a pretty gutless nut tap on one of the Boston Bruins forwards. Uh, And then not to be outdone, uh, Tom Wilson with a pretty, (laughs) uh, let's call a spade a spade here, a gutless uh, check to the head on another Boston Bruins player. Um, After last episode where we, you know, talked up hot Tom Wilson, oh, 17 goals, you know, he's he's really shedding that bad boy reputation. Yeah, he's, he's a very important player for that team. And then he goes out and does something absolutely brain dead. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm never surprised by Tom Wilson. Now it's so weird at how successful he is as a player and just how good he is, and he still pulls this bullshit. I want to like him, but like my lord. On a side note, I just wanted to quickly mention that I was because I've been watching hockey pretty much all day, and there was a hit that uh, Connor Murphy laid on uh, Eric Chernak in the um, Chicago Tampa game which I placed money on, by the way. Thank you very much. And uh, live bet, thank you. And uh, yeah, that was a greasy hit to the head by Connor Murphy on Eric Chernak. So yeah, it looks like headshots are are back in action. I'm glad though. I can't can't remember how it worked out, Um, but like prorating the amount of games in the season and what Tom Wilson got suspended, I think he got what he deserved. I think he got a pretty lengthy suspy. I think it's like seven games or something like that. Yeah. Which would be equivalent to like 10 or 12 in a regular season. So good. <laughs> good. Yeah, exactly. You deserve it. You, so, sorry, Tom. Like you, <laughs> you screwed up. You reap what you sow. But, Tommy boy. So 
we wanted to do this because we were excited about this. Um, we're going to do the official one-for-one, way-too-early mid-season awards. I wish I had some. Uh, I wish I had some really good stock, like award music that I could put in here, like a dan, 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 like the Family Guy theme, basically. <laughs> but we're just gonna go over the awards that actually mean something. So, sorry, we're not gonna do the Lady Bing because Lady Bing sucks. Uh, oh. We're. N- <laughs> We're not gonna do the uh, we're not gonna we're not gonna do the King Clancy Memorial Trophy. Neither are we gonna do the Mark Messier Leadership Award, despite how important that sounds. Um, <laughs> we're just gonna do the Calder Selkie, Jack Adams, Vesna, Norris. We'll do the Rocket, the Art Ross, even though they're more of like stats, and then and then the Heart. Um, for the Ted Lindsay, we're just gonna do the same as the Heart, so that's fine. But. I guess I'll get started off with the Calder Trophy, in which I have picked, I think pretty much everyone has the same guy. It's Kirill Kaprizov for, with the Minnesota Wild. Uh, oh, actually, Miles doesn't. Uh, <laughs> he has 19 points in 22 games, uh, and he's made the Minnesota Wild watchable. You, you watch some of the highlights um, of, him just, of him just walking all over, the, uh, uh, all over the top defensive pairing for the Colorado Avalanche. And just some of the shit that he does on the ice is just remarkable. So it's really great to see that he's actually quite good. Still mad that he's wearing 97. That's not allowed. But at the end of the day, he's uh, he's been really good, and he's he, he's he's been a really exciting part. Yeah, I and for the record, I picked somebody else, but I don't disagree with you. Um, he had a just a nasty assist last night, and in the goal celebration, um, when the guys are hugging, you can see the guy that actually tapped it in um, it zooms in on his face, and he goes, "Wow, <laughs> like thank <laughs> thank you for the gift." Um, I hate the ninety-seven stolen valor. Um, I also hate the fact that he's a hundred, but yeah, he's doing what he needs to do. Uh, obviously, top top. It's the dog. year of old rookies, man. Yeah. Um, so no, not, not disagreeing with you, but just for argument's sake, I think need a shout out for Kevin, uh, Lankinen. I don't know how to pronounce it. Lankinen. Lankinen. Another Finn, a naughty Nordic, uh, the goalie for the, uh, Chicago Blackhawks playing really, really well. He's nine, three and three, uh, nine, one, nine save percentage and a 2.76 goals against average. Uh, Chicago Blackhawks have been a nice surprise for a lot of people this year. And I think that, Going into the season, it was like uh, Dalia and somebody else were their pro- Subban. Subban, yeah, Malcolm Subban were their projected goalies, and it was like, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that for you. And then Kevin, which is a really funny name for a native Finn, is like <laughs> comes out of nowhere and just absolutely also just an athlete. Well, I guess Kevin Durant, but I was gonna say just like an athlete yeah. is like Kevin, Kevin is just a funny name. Kevin should be selling me car insurance, not going nine three and three with the Chicago Blackhawks <laughs> like so yeah I I think it's gonna be the 100 year old man but shout out to shout out to Kevin <laughs> so next up we're looking at the Selkie uh Nolan do you want me to go first or do you want do you want to go first I want to I I, I want to flex some stats muscles right now go ahead young man I have picked Alexander Barkov which I think it kind of goes without saying that he's already established himself as one of the best two-way forces in the NHL. And uh, his his fancies do not lie because what he's doing this year has been fantastic because not only is he 
probably the best player on the Florida Panthers who are now in second place, but he's third He's third in the league in relative Corsi 4 percentage. He's second in, in, in expected plus minus, ninth in takeaways, and he's doing this in over 20 minutes a game. There's guys like Carter Verhege that are probably in actual like in actual stats are probably better defensively. But the fact of the matter is, is that Alexander Barkov is just this important to the team. Alexander Barkov is way more important to his team than Carter Verhege is. So I've been very impressed to see what he's been doing and he's, he's being a leader. Uh, I would like him to see, I'd like to see him stick around in Florida for the rest of his career because they deserve a, uh, they deserve a good captain to stay there. Mm -hmm. Another Finn. And, just, you know, I don't disagree with you, Nolan. I think Barkov is the runaway favorite for the Selkie, but I just had to uh, throw a little bit of love for my <clears throat> my favorite non-Oiler, Mark Stone. Uh, six goals, 21 assists, 27 points, plus 14 with 23 takeaways, 13 penalty minutes, which I mean, probably going to take you out of it, all things considered, because it's only going up. But uh, I just love the game Mark Stone plays. I think he's such a good offensive and defensive player. I love him so much, but I do agree with you. Barkov is a freak. Um, it's nice to see a guy that was drafted by Florida succeeding in Florida with Huberto, another uh, another Panther prospect. So makes me happy. But just for just for my boy Mark, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Mark Stone. I'm gonna trigger you, but I wanted to I wanted to say who Mark Stone is like a supercharged version of. Okay. He wears the same number as Mark Stone. Tyler Ennis? No. Who? Mark Stone wears 61. Oh, yeah, 68. Okay, what? Who? Rick Nash. Oh. He's like a supercharged version of Rick Nash. Really good. Really good. He's like, because like Rick Nash was a pretty good two-way player. And then he's he's like way better than Rick Nash defensively and he's also way better than Rick Nash offensively and he's just putting it all together and he doesn't he doesn't sulk like Rick Nash did and yeah I I really love I love Mark Stone and I I liked Rick Nash but I don't want to like admit that to you I but. hate Rick Nash <laughs> I hate Rick Nash so much I don't have, we don't have enough time to talk about that do you I'm hate him because of his hair no I hate him because he after a shift skates to the bench like a peewee player he's got absolutely <laughs> it's the laziest thing of all time you finish a shift get off the fucking ice get some fresh legs out there and he's moseying back he was such a bitch in Columbus <laughs> Uh, I hate, literally hate everything. Oh, Rick Nash is such a beauty. He was so good in the world championships because he never played in the fucking playoffs because he's a loser. <laughs> Miles has the most disgusted look on his face. I right hate now. Rick Nash so much. Why did he do that? Sorry. He, he looks like he has food poisoning. Sorry right to now. the city of Brampton that your prodigal son is a loser. Jack Adams troll Jack Adams trophy coach of the year. I'm giving it to Dave Tippett. No, I'm kidding. I would pick <laughs> I'm gonna go with uh, Sheldon Keith, the Leafs bench boss. Oh no. Yeah, I'm doing it. 18-6-2 for the first place record in the North Division. Pretty safe to say that they're likely gonna finish there. Um, do I think that he is the best coach in the NHL? No, but going back to what you full stop, but going back to what you were saying before about the Toronto Sports Network. Um, and the power that they have in the NHL as a whole, I think they are itching to give an award to a Leaf uh, coach, player, GM, whatever. And the fact that they're finally putting it together on paper this year, I think it's just 
gonna happen. I think it's I think kind you're of definitely an, right about I think that. it's inevitable that Sheldon Keefe's gonna win it. Um, we're gonna have to hear about it for the rest of our lives, and he's gonna get fired in two years. So great. <laughs> yeah, the Jack Adams Trophy is typically not a trophy you want to win because you usually don't. Uh, you usually end up getting fired pretty yep. uh, pretty you close peak. to winning it. Yeah, you exactly. Peak. My pick is the correct pick, Coach Q, Joel Quenville. Um, he's a lot of people weren't really sure about the Florida Panthers. They might have thought that they were going to be battling for that for that fourth spot in the Central, but they're currently 15-4 and 4 and second in the Central and that team's playing lights out right now and it's great to yeah, see. Going nowhere but up. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's great to see that all all the pieces are coming together. There was the there was the controversial Keith Yandel situation to start the year and Luckily, that that's been resolved now, and Keithy Andel's had a hell of a year as well. So it's been it's been really good to see. Um, I like the Panthers. I like a lot of the players on the Panthers. I like their structure. I love Coach Q. Yeah, go yeah, Coach. I Q. think that's who it. Sh- I think that's who it should be too. But I think Toronto media bias is going to give it to Sheldon Keith. Just yeah. my opinion is what it is. For the Vesna Trophy, I have Andre Vasilevsky, and I believe you have the same, don't you? Yeah, it's tough to really go against oh, okay. them. Well, so it, it's kind. Of, most people probably say it's a two-horse race between him and Marc-Andre Fleury. Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury has about two less wins than Andre Vasilevsky does, but he has the technically the better goals against average, and I think they have the same save percentage. But Andre Vasilevsky's four three and one, or sorry, fourteen three and one, with a one point six six goals against average and a nine forty two save percentage. The separating factor I have between the two of them is that. He's had 516 shots against. Yeah, the which, amount of rubber he faces yeah, is insane. Which puts him top five in the NHL. So I would absolutely, uh, I'd absolutely give it to Andre, Andre Vasilevsky. And um, just seeing, I, I, I watched the Tampa game today, and they gave up like some pretty high danger chances. And he's there for it, and it, it, it's great to see. I'm, I'm a big fan of him, and uh, yeah, it's, uh, I, I, th- I think he's going to be, I think he's going to be claiming his second one. Yeah, honestly, it's it, like you said, tough to go against. Um, if Flurry gets hotter or Vegas gets hotter and just keeps pulling up wins, I don't know. Two horse race, we'll see how it goes. Um, maybe Hellebuck comes back in there as well. Who knows? But yeah, uh, Vasilevsky's elite. He's a game. He's a game changer. He's a, he's a robber. Ski mask on and all. He's out there winning games for them. God damn it! I placed a bet on Boston puck line. And you have a fucking problem. <laughs> well, I was really hoping Boston would pull off the puck line win, okay? I'm I'm getting screwed right now. New Jersey's up one nothing, so and the game's almost over. Anyways, moving on to the Norris. I actually didn't write down who I thought I have for the Norris, and I think it's probably gonna be the same as you, um, based off of his numbers. I don't know what a lot of his fancies have to say because I was looking at some of those. And um, the common pick seems to be a guy like Jeff Petrie. But my problem with Jeff Petrie is he's only averaging about 22 minutes per game. So as a best defenseman in the league, I might want to go with someone who's averaging a few more minutes. And uh, the guy who's one of the best at it and is like points wise is is producing at a crazy clip. Mm -hmm. And... um, defensively he may not be where he was but what he's doing offensively which let's be real the Norris is typically an offensive award for a defenseman but 
Victor Hedman, I still think is the best, and I still think at the end of the day, he is he's going to be. If you're if you can pick, if you're if you're picking a team to win the cup right now, Victor Hedman would be your first pick for a defenseman. So. I was hoping I was hoping you were going to kind of give a little bit of a pause there to let it sink in and have everybody like, oh, well, who's he talking about? Because I was going to be like, yeah, man, 100% it's Darnell Nurse. The <laughs> offense, offense that he's been coming out with has been crazy, scoring at a record clip for himself, personal best. Yeah, man, it's got to be Darnell. But no, uh, Victor Hedman, absolute freak. Five goals, 19 assists, 20, uh, 24 points. He's a plus nine, 26 hits, 33 blocks, plays monster minutes. I know we just kind of contradicted ourselves uh, talking about how Vasilevsky faces the most uh, most rubber at 516 shots, but like I would like to look at the fancies on that to see how many are actually when Hedman's out there. Let's let's blame it on on uh, Mikhail Sergachev. I uh, love it. Yeah, that sounds great. Best thing Montreal ever did. <laughs> Next up, we've got the Rocket Richard, and he's um, a rocket. I'd probably. Eh. I don't know, man. I, part of me does want to say Austin Matthews, but he's gone like really cold the last little mm-hmm. while. And if he's similar to like a guy like Alex, o- and is, now they bring about Alex Ovechkin, I could easily see Ovi winning this. Yeah, you honestly can't talk about this award without talking about Alexander Ovechkin. Like you have to give him the credit where credit. He due. could he could have like he could have like a beginning of eight, like two weeks in April, and he could score. I'm not joking, like thirty goals. Yeah, he's absolutely he's free. stupid. He's a, just a fucking freight train. There's a conspiracy in Capsland that he's not trying very hard right now because he's beefing with uh, the front office um, and that he's, like, not really working hard for pucks and he's kind of pissing off some of the guys in the room, like, KOV, like, try, we need you. But exactly like you said, there's he could have five straight games with a hat trick. He'll look great next to Connor McDavid next season. Absolutely. He's going to look terrific there. He's going to um, sign a... He's gonna sign a uh... Uh, a two-year contract worth uh, 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 one point two million dollars a year. Mm-hmm. The rest is going to yeah. be the rest is going to be in uh, uh, rubles. But it's yes, fine. exactly. Yeah, and uh, Bitcoin and Bitcoin. But no, I think it's going to be Matthews. Like you said, he's gone cold, but he was hurt for a little. He missed that game against the Oilers, so maybe it's like a lagging injury or something like that. But guy shoots the puck really well. Um, I think it's going to be Matthews. Could be Ovi, but in my heart, I want Pasternak to win it. But he's just been out for too much, uh, too many games. He hasn't hasn't been able to do it. But um, in a perfect world, it would be it'd be Pasta for me. I love I love David Pasternak. He's so cool. Um, hold on. We were listening, Bobby girl. <laughs> <laughs> for the Art Ross and the heart, let's just let's just get it all out of the way now. It's it's Connor McDavid. Um, three points last night. I love him. I love him so much. Best Sally in the NHL as well. His signature celebration is electric. Boom. Um, yeah, coming back hot after a couple scoreless stints against the Leafs. Um, so I would say heart. I would say Art Ross for sure. But heart. Um, looking at the definition of what the heart is, it's tough to say it's anybody but Connor McDavid in the sense that the heart is the most valuable player to his team, most valuable player in the league, right? Mm-hmm. 100%. That's McDavid by definition. But you need to say something about Patrick Kane, and especially with what the Blackhawks are doing. But the big question, it's the way too early awards, so that's why I'm going with McDavid. But if I was a betting man or, um, you know, are the, are the Hawks going to stay as hot as they have been 
Patrick Kane would fit that definition of most valuable player to his team, especially without Doc and uh, Jonathan Taves and the retirement of Seabrook. I know Seabrook wasn't like really ripping it up in the last couple of years, but uh, that's a team that's, you know, had a, like we said, had a lot of question marks coming into the season. And Patrick Kane's out here with 11 goals, 27 assists, 38 points. Um, definitely making a case for it and he's got a he's also has a rookie center on his line too so uh exactly. with uh, uh pia suter another naughty nor you're sensing a theme here <laughs> i'm but sensing no. a theme that european players are really good so yeah gonna be connor for both knock on hood but uh very well could be patrick kane can't go without the preseason or the early season way too early season awards without mentioning patrick kane in that heart trophy race yeah, you're uh, you're you're absolutely correct. I uh, have no argument with Patrick Kane either. Um, shall we move on to who we think are going to be the conference champions and then the cup champions? Yeah, and I don't think that we're going to be. Uh, I don't think I'm going to be a hot take artist at this one. I think that the conference champs are going to be the Lightning and the Golden Knights, and I think the Knights are going to win the Stanley Cup. I have a couple of ways that I want to go with this. If we're going to go with my head, I'm going to go with, I'm, 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 I'm betting right now. I'm betting on what I think is going to happen. I th- personally think it's going to be the Hurricanes okay. in the cup final. Don't, I don't hate that. And I have them playing Vegas. And I think... I think Vegas will take it. Mm-hmm. So I agree with you on the Vegas pick, but I think it's going to be the Carolina Hurricanes. Yeah, dude, they're inter- now. They're very interchangeable. Now, are you going to say the Panthers? No. Okay, go ahead. Sorry, Dad. Please don't shoot me. No promises. I'm going to say the Edmonds and Oilers. I I need to st- I, <laughs> I'm trying not to <laughs> but there's something about like this up and down roller coaster and like I see I see like a trade happening at the deadline and it's just going to it's just going to like everything is going to kind of go like it's all going to clip back into place Oh, Nolan, I'm so fucking mad at you. Can I, can I, man, I hate you because I didn't want to say anything, but okay. Can I tell you my, my dream scenario? Yes. Okay. So there's a trade that happens. Ken Holland goes and picks us up a a, a legitimate goaltender and we're happy or somebody that plays with Mike Smith. Maybe he doesn't, maybe I don't fucking know. Whatever. Life goes on. Um, but I, I see I'm going to do the you thing where you like lick your lips in the mic and talk in a quiet. Um, I see Dylan Holloway signing an entry-level contract, coming out of the University of Wisconsin, hot, ready to rock, coming on to a line with Connor McDavid and Jesse Pugliarvi and being an absolute wrecking ball because he's a bit, he's a big boy. He's 6'1", and he's heavier than Tyler Ennis and Nuge. Like, he's built for it. He's ready to rock. He comes on, has a Kale McCarr-level out impact of college, yeah out of college right out of college is a freak um 
maybe they pick up like a Victor Arvinson or something like that to play on the second line. And then for just for the playoffs or just for the push, Nuge is your shutdown third line center with a little bit of offensive upside. The defense and goaltending is just good enough to do it. And the boys go and the boys go and they ride. And we are so happy. <laughs> Finally. Oh happy my God. Moment. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to tell you something that's even more crazy. Are you ready for <laughs> Are you ready for the, we're going off the rails on a crazy, crazy trade. Train. <laughs> the Oilers don't make a trade for a goaltender. No, they don't. What they end up doing is, oh, fuck. What am I, I, I I'm going to be like, you know that, you know that meme of like Matthew McConaughey smoking cigarettes and he's like this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Ken Holland trades for Matthias Ekholm. Hot. Okay. Hot. The goaltender that wins the Oilers the Stanley Cup is Mike Smith. A hot. The third defenseman. <laughs> yeah. Keep going. I'm almost there. <laughs> then Ken Holland trades. <laughs> Miko Koskinen. And some other stuff. And somehow they take him. And somehow he waves his no trade clause, and they bring Taylor Hall back for half retained at the deadline. He'll do it. It'll fuck. It's happening. It's happening. <laughs> <laughs> so He's they're gonna, gonna add. They're gonna add Taylor Hall, Matthias Ekholm, and Mike Smith is gonna win them the Stanley Cup. Because it then it's be... gonna be Hollow. It's gonna be Holloway, McDavid, Puliyarvi. It's gonna be. Uh, it's gonna be Hall, Drysital, Yamamoto, and then it's gonna be. Something, Nuge, something, and then something, something, something. And you know what? Let's add to it. I think they're going to call up Tyler Benson. I think they're going to call up Cooper Marodi. I think that, that this team is, is so far from what they actually are. I am, I'm not just drinking Oilers Kool-Aid. I'm actually like crushing up like the powder of the Oilers Kool-Aid, and I'm and snorting, snorting it up my uh, no, fucking you're pu- nose. You're putting it in a crack pipe. <laughs> Dude, I want... You know what? The, and you know what the craziest part about all this is? If it's going to happen any year, it's going to be 2021 because we won't even be able to go to the games and we won't even be able to go to a cup parade. And we also won't be able to be happy about it because people will say, oh, it was, a, it was a one it's season where you were in a stupid division. It doesn't really count. Oh, my God. People are going oh, to say, we're going would... to be actually like thrown in mental hospitals after this episode. So... Shall we get to just, well, okay. Next week. <laughs> Coming this, down off of, our, off of our crack high. This week, we've got Ottawa three times in a row, March 8th, March 8th, March 10th, March 12th, and then Vancouver on March 13th. I think, I think this is going to be a frustrating week. I think it's going to be frustrating because realistically speaking, this should be a 4-0 week. Like, if we're being honest, like, if we're being actually honest with ourselves, it should be a 4 and a week. Mm-hmm. I'm going to call it 2-2. Two and two. Okay? I think that they could easily drop a game to the Canucks. I think they could easily drop a game to the Sens as well. But 2-2, two and two, that's kind of like wor- worst-case scenario. I don't think they're going to lose more than two games this week. I've been saying it for a little bit on the Paloozas and in the, in the pod episodes as well. 
um, I think you're starting to see a more competitive, more robust Ottawa Senators team playing a little bit better. I'm not scared, but I'm not taking them lightly either. Um, I think they're going to go 3-1 and one in this upcoming week, and I think they're going to lose one game to the Senators. I think it's just going to be a couple uh, a couple bad bounces that go the uh, nation's capitals nation capitals way and fuck i don't know i can't talk i'm illiterate but and they're gonna and, and they're gonna put a carbon tax on every goal against yes, exactly and then jason kenny's gonna take his shirt off and streak in opposition <laughs> you know what man uh, i was i think the oilers already put something forward to uh start letting fans into games um, yeah, in April, yeah. they're hoping. So I'm going to be buying tickets, putting a second mortgage on the house, uh, going to check it out. Um, can't wait. See you there. I'm just going to be taking out of our house fund. Sorry, Taylor. Because <laughs> it's Ontario and it's really expensive. <laughs> but no, man, I think can't take Ottawa lightly. I think Ottawa's going to sneak one. Um, and then I think that the uh, little brother Canucks are going to get the controller taken away from them in a game of Halo and get punked by the by the oil. I, I hope you're right. Actually, I, I hope you're wrong, and I hope they go four yeah, now. Straight up, because that would be that would be that would be like that would propel them to an easy second in in, in the division, and nobody else is going to touch them. So, I hope so. Oh, well, I'm 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 I'm. This has been a I'm I'm in a glass case of emotion right now. <laughs> I I don't I don't know what to, I don't know what to say, but. But uh, anyways, do you have any uh, any upcoming plans this week, Miles, or uh, is it uh, is it just a quiet work week mixed with some Oilers hockey? You got her nailed, hit the nail on the head. Well, I'm glad I'm glad to hear that. Well, uh, thank you to everyone taking part in Pickapalooza. Thank you to everyone following us on Twitter and Instagram. Remember, uh, on Instagram at one underscore four underscore one pod and on Twitter at one for one pod. Please give us a follow. Please get engaged with us. Pickapalooza is going great. It's very competitive, and uh, you know we're 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 really hoping that uh, that some D bag updates the standings. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and actually post all the games. I'm kidding. I'm kidding, Miles. I love you. <laughs> like... He said. He says through clenched teeth. <laughs> but uh, but once again, I'm Nolan Schumann for one for one. Miles, did you have any last thoughts? The only thought I ever have, Nolan, is go Oilers go. Go Oilers go. Yeah.